Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate rental property so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today, we're going to be talking a lot about rents and why you should be looking to increase the rent that you charge from your property. See, we at Master Passive Income, we invest in rental properties. We buy one property that we hold on to for a long period of time, and we make $250 or more in passive income from every single property that we buy. And imagine if you have one property at $250 a month, that is $3,000 a year. That's passive income. Now, if you had 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month and $30,000 a year. And if you scale it up even more, get to 20 properties, that's $60,000 a year. That's more than most people make in their salary. And that's passive income. So you guys can absolutely do this. And this is something that we talk about here all the time. And I actually have a great, great uh, new addition to the Master Passive Income Real Estate Show. See, I realized that there are so many people out there that need help to invest. And I started Master Passive Income to help them to invest. And on top of that, I have brought on lots and lots of coaching students. Well, one of my students has done a phenomenal job investing. He's done so well that after I stopped coaching him, he's still buying deals. He's still negotiating. He's still saving money, making money. And I'm bringing him on as one of my coaches here with me. His name is Charles Rose Jr. Charles, thank you so much. Welcome to be on the show. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here, Dustin. Man. So we've been working together probably about uh, one or two years now, a couple of years now. And after, after we started working, you were working hard, starting with very little bit of money, but you bought your first property. Now, You've, after just growing and building and building and building, keep doing it right. Tell me, how many properties do you currently have, either under contract or actually owning right now? All right. So all together right now, I have um, um, seven rental units, um, all um, all within just about a year, just going through the MPI system, Master Passive Income, and everything that you've taught me. I'm just adding and growing the portfolio. And so I'm so excited to have one on the contract right now that'll close next week. And that makes a total of seven properties for you. And I remember your first deal, the very I think it was the first or first or second deal, as we were doing going through coaching, one thing that I love to do, and you've caught on very, very well, is negotiating. And so we negotiated that first price of the pr- property, like down $30,000. If you, everybody, if you're watching and listening, if you're watching it on YouTube, or listening, you can check out Charles's other episode. I'll put it inside the the uh, description so you can click on that and listen to how he actually got thirty thousand dollars off of the purchase price of the home, and then he got another, I think, like three thousand dollars off in the closing phase. So, Charles, right now you have a deal that is going through. You're going to close really soon, but you also just got them after implementing things that we've already discussed in the coaching and the the courses and everything. You've implemented the negotiation tactics that we do as investors. Tell it to us about how you've saved money in this one property right now on, on top of all the money that you're making and the top of the money you've already saved on uh, every single property you buy. Absolutely. So this deal, the seller was asking 69000 for the deal because they want to they sell it quickly. 
and the property is worth around $79,000. So I was able to negotiate the seller down from $69,000 to $62,000. Then one of the things that we always do is we always do an inspection. You don't want to skip the inspection. That, that is something that you always told me, Dustin. Whatever you do, do a property inspection. And so I did the property inspection. The, the, most of the things turned out great, but there were a few items that, that needed to be repaired. Uh, and, and, um, and, and it's all things that, that are manageable. So it's nothing too bad, like foundation issues. Uh, the, uh, there was a few repairs that needed to be done. And, and what I was able to do is get a repair estimate and which is exactly the same thing that we did on one of the other properties where I saved 30,000, was able to get a repair estimate. And, and, um, I think the repair estimate came out to set to be $7,000. And what I did was I asked the seller to split the the uh, repair costs with a thirty five hundred dollar credit in the at, at closing, and the seller uh, agreed to do that. So so now technically I'm getting this deal all the way down from sixty nine thousand to sixty two thousand to fifty eight thousand five hundred. On a deal that's worth seventy nine thousand, it is absolutely fantastic. Yes, we love it. That's about twenty thousand, Dustin. My goodness, that is fantastic. And I mean, not not a people would actually do something like that. Where hey, we're going to have to pay for this. Let's just ask. If we just ask the seller, worst we yet is going to say no, and you still have your deal. Might as well ask. And if you come armed like you did with a quote for all the repairs, $7,000 is quite a bit, even though we've already accounted for those in, you know, before we buy the property, getting that, that's 3,500. That one question of, would you please, uh, like basically, would you please split the uh, cost of this repair? That one question got you $3,500. And now you're looking at the house is worth almost 80 grand. You're buying it for 58,000. My goodness, Charles, this is sounding like a fantastic deal. How much are you going to be able to make in rent from this property? How much is the total passive income? So this property, so the so the rents are um, the the market rents are are eight twenty five. Right now is renting for seven hundred, and so what I'm going to do is increase the rents, which is what we're going to talk about today. So once I get it under contract, I'll increase the rents, and the cash flow will be around two seventy. My goodness, mm-hmm. look at you, Charles. My. God. I'm going to be like Charles when I grow up. This is going to be good. <laughs> I'm super excited for you, man. Now, uh, the reason why I wanted to bring, for everybody listening the reason and watching this on YouTube, the reason why I have this, um, I brought Charles on is because he's doing such a phenomenal job investing. Now, he barely asks me any questions anymore. In fact, what he has done, I brought him on and he's helping me run everything with social media. So he's the uh, the manager of all the social media, everything that we do, he com- helps the community. So in our real estate wealth builders, the community where we have group coaching, all my courses and student success program, which Charles also helped me to develop as well. All this stuff is really helping so many of my students, our investors are actually making and buying deals, making their businesses and make, should make a lot of passive income. And so 
I realized I have l- less time in general because I have so many coaching students. So Charles has done such a phenomenal job for a couple of years now investing. So he is going to be a coach here at Master Passive Income. He's also going to be much more often on the podcast, doing a lot of teaching, a lot of educating, um, as, as well as just sharing his, his experiences because, man, he's been doing so much investing in the last year. He's been doing, or like one day, two years now, been doing such a phenomenal job. So now you're right, Charles, it, thinking about raising rents. Now, as you're ha- owning a house, you might be thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to disrupt the tenants. I don't want the tenants to get either upset at me or, or whatever. Like, those thoughts go through landlords' heads. For some reason, we do. We just kind of mm-hmm. kind of feel like that. Like, oh, I wouldn't want to raise on me, so I shouldn't raise on somebody else. Well, Talk to us about your question and how this came about. Like, this would be a great podcast episode. Let's talk about it. Talk to us about what you were going through and then how, through me coaching you, we actually got this to work out well for you. Absolutely. Yes. And so um, Dustin's taught me so much. And I look at a lot of the course videos. But I came to a situation where where I had the opportunity to raise rents. And so I asked Dustin, uh, I told him the rent is this amount and uh, market rents is this amount. I think it was like um, 600 was the current rents and the market rents was like um, 700 and um, on, on a particular side of a duplex. And I, a part of me, I part of me did feel, feel a little bit guilty, which we all go through to raise the rents during the pandemic. But I knew it was the right thing to do. I, I was giving my tenant uh, a, a discount all of for almost a year, and so I asked Dustin what is what his, was his thoughts on raising the rent. And Dustin said, "Absolutely, you, you should you should raise the rent, but you could do it in a different way." And what Dustin talked about is gradually raising the rent, especially if it's a tenant, a, a, a good tenant. And so what we did was raise the rent to from um, 600 to 625. And we let the, the tenant know that, hey, market rents is 700. But because you've been so good, you've been paying over th- straight through the pandemic and everything, uh, we'll, we'll gradually get you to market rents. And so, um, so we raised it to 625. And, and it was so easy. Like sometimes it's like we freak out and was like, you know, I feel bad raising the rents and like Dustin said, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to raise rents on me. So why should I raise the rents on my tenants? Well, absolutely, you should do it. And we're going to talk about some of the key points why you should do it in this episode today. So, Charles, what is the main reason why we should start raising or be raising rents and not just keeping in? Because I bought houses where the rents were like literally 20 or 30 percent below what the market rents because the landlord was, oh, they've been in there for so long. I didn't want to raise rents on them. But why should we raise rents as our rent is is capable of, you know, rents, average rents go up. We're looking at either keeping it the same or you know, keeping it the same to make sure our tenants feel good. Why should we raise them up in general? I have a lot of my own reasons, but I want to know what are the whys that you come up with? Absolutely, Dustin. So, we we a lot of time, times we 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 feel guilty to do it, but but we have reasons. So not so it's not just the um, emotional side of things where we feel um, like um, we feel sorry for the tenant, but there's also some 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 logical reasons why. So what tends to happen every year? Inflation. A lot of times, inflation, and so prices, expenses, everything goes up. And, and, and these expenses are, are also going up 
um, to us as landlords over time. And so um, it's 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 my first reason is because it's fair. Is is fair if market rents are seven hundred and you're paying six hundred and my prices are increasing, then rents should also increase. Taxes go up, yeah. Insurance Taxes goes go up, up, yeah. Insurance. All of that goes up. So that's my absolute first reason, because prices are, are going up for us. Expenses are going up for us as landlords. And so the rent should go up in a similar pattern because we are, you know, we, we're, we're, we're in this business to provide for our family as well. And so this is our bread and butter. So you absolutely need to increase your rents to offset inflation and to offset your expenses. And, and, and the goal of this is to always be able to make at least 250 or more in, in, in uh, passive income and cash flow. So that's like one of my biggest reasons right there, Dustin, is our expenses are going up and, it, and it's only fair to do so. If market rent is up, then our, our, our tenant rents should go up. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, I have lots of other reasons why, obviously, this is where we feed our family. Interest goes up or not interest, sorry, um, insurance goes up, taxes go up, life just in general, there's inflation, all that sort of stuff, like you said. And here's another big one for me. So I have a property in Houston. I'm thinking specifically where I have a tenant that lives inside the property. And literally for three years, this is how I learned my lesson. For three years, I kept their, kept their rent at 1625, I think. 1625, but the um, rent was should have been like 1800 or maybe 1850. Now it's like should be 1950. So this is what happened. So they signed a two year lease at 1625, which I probably should have just won and raised the rents after the first year. But it was a two year lease at 1625. The second year or the third year rolled around. So when I was going to renew the lease, I said, you know what, you guys have been good tenants in there. Let me go ahead and keep you at 625 one more year because I wasn't really thinking straight and I wasn't thinking about all that other sort of stuff. My insurance is going up, all that stuff. And the third year, after the third year was up, I talked to my tenants and said, um, hey, I, now I'm going to have to raise up the rents just a little bit, just keep up with the taxes and insurance and all that sort of stuff. They, it's almost like I never gave them any benefit or never, I didn't even give them three years of such a low. You know, let's say the first year, granted, 1625. Then the next year, second year, I would have increased it. Third year, I would increase it more. We'd already be at like maybe 1800, so at least 1750. But they acted as if they didn't get a dime. They, I said, you know what? Uh, to myself, I'm like, oh my goodness. I literally just gave these people like $5,000 over these last two years that I could have put in my pocket. But they did, it was, it was oh. so feeling a, a little, uh, little unappreciated. I said, you know what? It's time for me to raise rents. They were griping and complaining. I literally had to itemize out, okay, X, Y, and Z and told them everything. And that's something we talk about in the real estate wealth builders, how to do all this sort of stuff. But so I actually said, you know what? It's going to go from 1625 to 1750. I you've kept it at three years at 1625. It's going to go up to 1750. So as soon as it did, you know, they were upset, but this has been an entire year now at 1750. And they know the market rent is like $1,900 now. So they're like, I'm still getting a really good deal. And so like Charles said, what I'm doing is I'm slowly increasing it. I'm, the first one was a big jump because it's been three years. But the next one is probably going to be up to like maybe 1685 or sorry, 1785, maybe close to um, 1800, but I won't, won't break over 1800. The following year, if they're still there, maybe 1825. So just gradually bring it up on them so we could definitely do that. But yeah, that's a big one for me is like the tenants, they're not grateful. Like it doesn't seem, or, uh, sorry, that's a big broad stroke. 
my tenant was not grateful for all the money that I saved them. I said, you didn't have to pay five grand. Oh, well. Oh, well, it's it's in the past now. Okay, so let's talk more about like the particulars, like the principles of raising rents, Charles. So, yes. So one of the questions um, that a lot of people may have is how do I know when to raise market rents? When do I know when 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 how do I know when to raise the rent to market rents or how do I even find out what market rents are? So that's that's one of the things we, we, we want to share with you. And so. So one of the ways that you could find out, um, one of the ways that you know when it's time to raise market rents is by simply doing some research and figuring out what are other properties renting for in the area, right? And and you can do that in a number of ways. Um, you can look on websites w- with listings like Zillow. Zillow also lists the rents. Um, you can look at um, um, Zillow um uh, I, I think it's something um, I forgot the name of that website, but um, well, we can we can include some of those websites if you want to know. But one of the biggest websites, like Trulia, like, Redfin, Trulia. there's a bunch of websites like that. Yeah, that's that's the one I was looking for, Dustin. Trulia. Uh, one of the tools that we like to use at Master Passive Income is Rent O Meter. Rent O Meter, and Dustin actually has a really cool discount uh, that you can get um through um through master passive income so if you search masterpassiveincome.com forward slash rent o meter again masterpassiveincome.com slash forward slash rent o meter uh, you can um you can um uh, check out that website to look at what market rents are and we'll also include it in the show notes for you as well but one of the biggest re- one of the biggest ways that you check market rents is asking your PM, your pro- your property manager, your property manager, are, he is he or she, they are your eyes on the ground. They are going to know the market way better than than we do, and so your property manager will let you know what the market rents are, are in that area from first time experience. They are renting other properties in the area, so they they can tell you that hey, you know, in Dustin's situation, um, you're renting the property for sixteen hundred. And the market rents are is nineteen hundred. We got to do something. We need we need to bring this up. And and your property managers want to increase the increase to rent too because the more money you make as a landlord, the more money they make. And so that's one of the ways that we can check it. Sometimes we um we um we may not look at these things, but but check these things because as in as investors is so important and it's critical uh, for success for successful buy and hold investing is for you to make sure that you have a profitable business and making sure that you're increasing your rents. Yeah, and Charles, you're 100% right that the expert in the area is your property manager. I mean, obviously, you know, a realtor would be an expert in that area, inspector, um, anybody does insurance, roofers, like everybody who lives in that area is going to be an expert in that area. So I've had people who have come on and into the coaching, into the Real Estate Wealth Brothers Group Coaching, and as I'm showing them how to actually build a business, they would say things like, oh, can't we just rely on this website that has all like a big database of it, like Zillow or Truly or Redfin? Can't we just rely on that information? I'm like, absolutely not. Okay, let me ask you this, like kind of rhetorically, because you're going to answer it just like I answer it. I Would you rather uh, rely all your future income and your money that you have now and invest in a property that a big database that covers the entire nation, uh, a company that is a for-profit company that I'm not saying they're doing anything shady. 
but a for-profit company, they have a database of the entire nation and they just take like little random samples and they try to make it seem like it works well for every single particular property, but it's not necessarily that. It's broad, like it's really, really broad. Would you rather trust something like that that's broad nationwide, just a big database? Or would you rather trust literally the person that is an expert in the area that can actually tell you, hey, I have a house just like that, literally around the block, and I'm only renting it for 800. This guy's telling you you can rent it for 900. I'm telling you, I literally cannot get it rented for $900. I can only get 800. That is such better information because experts are telling you. That's something that I try to help everybody understand is that we build the business first. We have everybody work in our business. We build their business and we actually invest properly as opposed to, because here's what some people, if they're going to tell you how to invest in real estate, you find a property, you run the numbers, you make sure that you can make in passive income every single month, you buy it. Then you find somebody to fix it up. Then you find a property manager. Then you find, then, 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 then. That's all backwards. What we do at Master Passive Income, we do basically everything they told you to do, we do all backwards. We build the business first. Now, for everybody listening, and here's another URL I'm going to give you. You guys know I really, I, I tend to give you a lot of URLs, but they will be in the description as well. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give you my free real estate investing course. You'll download a PDF. You literally walk through everything, show you how to find properties, fund properties, find an area of the country to invest, how to find the right property manager. Everything I'm telling you to do, it'll be inside there. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description as well. Okay, so Charles, what's the next thing we need to talk about as we are raising rents? Absolutely. So so as as we are, are, are raising rents, um, we... We touched on this um, at, at the beginning. We touched on this is 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 gradually raising your rents in certain situations, and so one of the things we want to look at is you know are they a good tenant, right? If they're a good tenant and they're paying on time, it's probably better for you to raise the rents gradually for that tenant and keep a good tenant than for you to bring in a a brand spanking new tenant who um, may not be a good fit. We hope that they're a good fit and we do our due diligence. We do our background checks. We do all of that um, to, to make sure. But if we have history with a tenant, one year, two years, three years, they're paying on time. Maybe you want to look at the, the raising rents gradually approach. And so, um, so one of the things um, my property manager likes to say is, you know, it's to keep a good tenant in place. You don't want to increase it more than than ten percent of the monthly rents. And so, Dustin, I just wanted to, to, to ask you, what do you think on about that? About not increasing more than ten percent? Do you have like a threshold or a number um, that you go by when you're increasing rents? Absolutely, with uh, with, with the number wise. So with that one tenant in in Houston, it was like it was a it was more definitely more than ten percent, maybe like twelve percent that I raised it up. But it's literally because after three years, it's time to do a jump. Um, but I like to tend towards five, maybe six percent increase um, a year. Now, if you do a six month lease, and you could possibly increase it up another little bit in the middle there. But um, what I like to do is one year lease and raise about six percent, and over time you'll get there. I mean, you'll eventually get to where it's. Um, at the right dollar amount for the current rent in that area. But now, Charles, now you're talking about if you have a tenant in there that you have a good history with, what about a property? What would you suggest for you're buying a property? It has a tenant in there. They're telling you, the landlord's telling you they've been in there. They're showing the lease statements. They've been in there for, I don't know, three or four years, but they felt bad 
and they kept it low, just like lots of landlords do. What should you do in that that case? In that case, so that commitment um, is between the tenant and that landlord who's selling you the property, but that's not your commitment to keep. And so again, you know, we're in this to, you can't look at it one way, you know, we're in this to feed our families. We, this is our bread and butter. And so if market rents is, is 800 and the tenant is only paying 600 market rents are, are, are the fair rents. That's the standard. And so I would absolutely, I would absolutely increase it in situations like that. Now I would, I would say Dustin, I would honor the lease, you know, if, if the, um, you know, if I buy the property and the tenant already has a lease for, you know, six months, eight months, twelve months, whatever, um, I, I I would definitely honor the lease. But I, but when the lease it is is up, I I would personally increase it. Would you, Dustin? Definitely. And I think legally speaking, you must honor the lease. I don't think you can do anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely transferred when you sell the house. Uh, what I and I completely agree with you. I would definitely would. Now, here's the thing that people might be thinking too. They, they might think, well, I don't have any history with this person, and let's just go ahead and jump the, the like, just make it right there. Because if they move out, they move out. I'll get somebody new in there. My opinion is, I love people who stay in my stay in a house for a long time. If they've already been there for two years or more, they want to stay. I want tenants to stay. It's a lot of money to turn over a property. I mean, a lot of money. Turn over, then move out. You fix it up, even if you need to evict them. I'm like, that's a lot of money. Might as well do it gradually, even if they are brand new or you're brand new to that property there, they've been in there for a while. So what I would say, if this was a scenario, $800 for the rents, but you're only getting 600, I would say, oh, you know, as soon as the lease is up, we're letting you know that it's going to go up to 675. Like I would increase it a, more than 10% because that's a good gap to cover, you know, from 600 to 800. So if you're finishing out the lease, I would raise it up to maybe 675, 650, 675, you got to play it, you know, however best you feel, but have an understanding that you're going to be raising it over time. And my goal is to keep the tenant in there. I want to have a certain threshold where I know a tenant could pay more because market rents are like 800, 900, whatever it might be. I know there's a threshold that eventually they're like, okay, now it's time for me to find another property. But right now they've been in there for five years at $600. They've been getting a screaming deal. They're not going to move because it's that low, but they've already invested there. They're already, or, you know, life-wise there. So what I would do is I would look to start gradually raising it up because I love, doesn't matter if they're long-term tenants with me, if they're long-term tenants with that property, that is super valuable, super, super valuable. They don't want to move. And so they're only going to move when you make them have the desire to move and get a lower uh, rents other places. So as you're talking to the, your tenants, or sorry, we don't talk to our tenants, our property managers do. I don't want my tenants to know who I am. So the property manager is going to be saying, okay, market rents are 800 we're at 600. We're going to move it to 650. Then the next year, we're probably going to move it up to closer to 700 because we got to get it to market rents because taxes are going up, insurance is going up, repairs. It's got we're breaking this, that, and that. So that's what I would do when there's already a tenant in place. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, Dustin, um, uh, one of the things, key things you said is 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 gradually. And I think some some sometimes we um, or the tenants don't realize that hey, we're we're doing them a favor. Right, if the market rents is nine hundred, and they're paying six hundred, and you're uh, gradually increasing it, well, you know, if if you increase it, if the market rents is nine hundred and they're paying six hundred, and you increase it to let's say seven hundred, just throwing a number out there, 
um, then you know you, you're you're giving them you're still giving them a a good a good deal because it's a twenty four hundred dollar discount of what they would normally pay if they moved into a new place. Exactly, exactly, and so it's 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 really a win win for them. So I I, I think um, I think. We sh- you should definitely increase it, but I I do agree, Dustin, that that if if they've been at the property for a lo- for a long time, that's kind of enough history. If they've been at the property and been paying <laughs> every month for a long time, yes, that, yes, I would have put that paying <laughs> a paying tenant, then then um absolutely we want to keep them in that property as long as possible. And keep kind of going with along with that thought. I've even used this as somewhat of a tool to have bad tenants move out. You know, I'm like, man, this tenant's such a headache. My property manager is having such a hard time. I don't want them to have our time. And they are not paying on time. And it'd be nice to get them out, but they eventually catch up. Okay, well, either going to make them get out or we're going to make it worth our while because we're my property managers are spending so much time with them, you know, following up on calls and, and trying to collect the rents, all that sort of stuff. It's costing more for their time to actually deal with them. Let's raise it up. Let's raise it up to above market rents. If they're willing to pay that, I'm willing to stomach them in there and have my property manager spend that time to be in there. If they're not, they're going to move out just because, hey, it's too too expensive. So I just want you to understand that. If you have a, a, a problem tenant, make it worth your time and have them pay to make it worth your time. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that 100%, Dustin. Yeah, you, you can definitely... It's definitely a great opportunity, a great way to get a bad tenant out by by raising the rent too. So, so yeah, if you if the tenant so if the tenant is a good tenant, definitely do it gradually. You definitely want to keep that tenant bad tenant. Let's take it all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next? What do we got? What are another other uh, things we need to talk about for yeah. raising rents? So yeah, Dustin, I think the final I think the final thing we we want our um we want everyone to know is. Is you don't have to be to feel guilty about this. Um, this is something that a lot of people feel guilty for. One of the things that we did at Master Passive Income, we we post a lot of um, engaging questions and videos, and Dustin's do group coaching. We do a lot of fun, fun, cool stuff like that to help the students learn. Um, one of the questions that we posted in in the student group is, um, uh, what would you do in a situation? I, I literally posted the situation I was going through raising the rents. We um, posted, uh, I have a tenant, um, long-term tenant who's been um, paying uh, rents on time. And uh, now it's time to to um, raise, raise the rents. Possibly we have that opportunity. What would you do? And it was just amazing to to hear what everyone has to say. And a lot of people felt bad doing it, especially during COVID. A lot of people, um, you know, they said they, they wouldn't do it at all. Um, and then some people um, was like, absolutely, you should do it. But I like what Dustin advised me to do. I listened to Dustin do it gradually. So while some people advise, some people um, said they would do it um you know, go all the way up. And then some people said they, they wouldn't do it at all. Uh, I, I feel like Dustin had, had the best solution to the problem is, is doing it gradually. So I definitely want to, want to say, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't feel guilty. If you feel guilty about it, remind yourself that it, it goes both ways, right? You, you're given the, the, the tenant an opportunity. You're giving them a deal. You're, you're, when you gradually increase rent, you are still helping them. Like Dustin said, like he gave his tenant, $5,000 pretty much. 
I mean, you're 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 giving them an opportunity. And so, you know, so you shouldn't feel guilty for something like this. You got to look at the big picture. So that would be my final piece of advice is, is don't feel guilty as you're doing it. Uh, you, you're still helping them and you've got you've got to uh, look out for you and your family as well. Definitely. And as you're thinking about raising rents, it really comes down to you doing your own really just a gut call. If you really want to do it, I'm 100 percent with Charles that if you start feeling guilty, realize that this is a business. This is a business that you're going to have to have increased costs. Like, who knows? The next year, you might have the lawmakers pass a horrific tax that's going to cost you another, like, I don't know, $100 a year, $200 a year. And unless you accounted for that, you know, and started raising rents, you're going to get stuck with that. Same thing, insurance goes up. So you need to account for all that sort of stuff. And one last thing I want to bring up. So Charles mentioned uh, with COVID and everything, this was a year after COVID. He's thinking about raising rents on his tenants. And he said, you know, it's, you know, it's tough, it's tough times right now. And he asked me, and Charles, you asked me, and I said, well, I literally raised the rents like a month after COVID hit. So March hit and it was like April. Hey guys, sorry, but I've had low rents for the last three years. I have to increase it because taxes are going up. Insurance, everything's going up. They didn't care. They was like, well, we can't, how, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, and just prior to that, they were, you know, the husband was sharing how great his business is doing literally during COVID. Oh, yeah, my, my business is doing so much better during COVID for some reason. I'm like, well, great. You're making money. Good. Let's uh, talk about raising rents. So I raised rents literally a month or two months after COVID started. Charles raised rents a year after COVID started. So you guys just realize that there are going to be plenty of people that want to be on your property. I personally like to keep mine, let's say the average rent is in a certain particular property is $900. That's the average. And so if anybody moves, they're thinking, the per, always try to put your, yourself in the place of the tenant. If the tenant's thinking, man, I the most I could spend is $900. There's a lot of places for $900. That's like the average. And so let me move here, $900. Let me move here for $900. And that's their you know bottom line that they think they could, that's the max they would want to pay. It could be $1,500. It could be $1,600, depending on whichever city that you're in. And so this one particular, let's say it's $900. I personally like to be just below that by maybe 5% below that. So if $900 is like a barrier, it's hard to keep it rented at nine over 900. It's easy to keep it rented under 900. I put it at like 875 or even 890, like 890, like right below nine. Um, you just don't want to break that barrier to where your tenants are starting to itch. Like, you know what? I might be able, they might move for $50. They might say, you know what? You're charging me, uh, um, 925 over here, I can get 875. Man, that's so much cheaper. They, they're thinking in their mind, that's so much cheaper, even though it's only $50, which $50 goes a long way or not, not doesn't go that, that long of a way. But in their minds, 925 to 875, that's a, that feels like $100, even though it's only $50. So my perspective, I keep it just a little below the average because I want my tenants to stay. I'd much rather get what? $15 less everything every single month, then spend $1,500 in a turnover because they're like, ah, oh, I could save my, I could, you know, rent this place for $50 less or $100 less. I would rather keep them in there for the longevity, makes it so much better. So, man, Charles, I, I really think, and I hope people are going to take this to heart that they can and should raise rents. Not, you know, discriminately or, or what is that word? Indiscriminate, whatever. Like, you just want to do it properly. Do it to help you and help your family. Because remember, this is how Charles and I, like we're doing this so that we can live off of our passive income. You know, our kids grow up. We got to buy new clothes for them. Well, that, you know, cost things cost more. We just need to account for all these business 
expenses. Man, Charles, so I'm really glad that you came on the show and you're sharing your expen- or your experiences and you're coming on as a coach. It's really great to have you. So Charles, anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? I think you covered it all. It's 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 thinking about your family and 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 you know, if you're not doing it for yourself, if you don't raise rent for yourself, do it for your family. Do do it for them. This this is this is something that's so important and and so so important for a successful buy and hold investment. So raise those rents, like Dustin said, do it right. And uh, we hope that you've gotten a lot of tips out of this to help you be successful and grow your business. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Remember, get my free real estate investing course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And you guys are awesome. Get out there, start investing. We will see you guys in the next one. See ya. See ya.